Everybody got another episode with O'Head's podcast. Very special guest in the house today, my boy Dylan. What up? What up, Dylan? Tell me about yourself. Dylan Mills uh, from Baker County. Came out here to Duval County. Went to school at Jacksonville University. Got out of school. Started real estate about four years after that. Been in real estate now for three years, going on year four now. Absolutely loving it. Quite frankly, you know, the reason why Jarvis and I really wanted to have this podcast or at least this episode in the podcast um, is because the housing market is just crazy right now, right? Absolutely. Uh, so this is a very interesting episode. A lot of people said, hey, can you do an episode about the housing market? Can you do an episode about real estate? Um, I want to learn more. I have no knowledge right now, and I feel like I'm um, left out of the table, left out of the yeah. party. I'm like an outsider looking in. Uh, so we said, why not reach into our network? and pull out someone who can come on and uh, give some education, some knowledge to people. So, I mean, the topic of this episode is the real estate game. Okay. 101, right? 101. So we're treating this, uh, really just getting down to the basics um, for people who really don't know much, right? So before okay. we go to a high level uh, standpoint, we're going to start at the foundation, start at the basics. Start with the easy one. Sure. Okay. So right now, what's going on in the real estate market, just from a basic point of view? So I'd say about six months ago, we probably found the bottom mm -hmm. and now we are working our way back up. Back up, I mean, we are starting to get more inventory coming back on. Uh, demand is slowly, slowly falling back down. So you're going to have to start having more options and houses are going to sit there for a little bit longer. I'm not saying houses are going to be staying for months. They might be staying for a month. Now, when you say demand now, are, is, are we, right now, are we in a buyer's market or, or, or a seller's market? Definitely a seller's market. Seller's market. And, and, what, and what do you mean by a seller's market? A, lot of people a seller's market means there are more buyers looking for houses than there are houses for sale. Okay. So you are going to be competing with a person or two or three or four to buy that house. All right. And um, you said we're, we're moving back up to the people? Yep, we're going to start getting more inventory. So 2019, we had 7,7800 homes for sale. About right now, we're sitting at 35 to 3,800. So that's a dramatic shift downwards. That's about a good 50% drop from the top right there. For sure. And yeah, when you have more people even looking for houses now because interest rates have fallen, you're, you're going to have more demand with less houses and more buyers. Tracking. So tell us about the interest rate then. So we know it's a seller's market. Uh, there's minimal homes on the market. Yes. What's going on with the interest rates as far as the feds and uh, when you're qualifying or going to get a home loan? So interest rates right now have still started to creep back up from the lows that they were at. What was um, the lowest they were at? You had some people getting into the two sevens, two sixes, very low. Uh, right now I'm working with two people. One has a 3.01. Another person has a 3.11, and those are pretty average for everyone right now. You can still get a lower one depending on your credit score. Sure. Uh, these people had 660s and a 720, mm -hmm. so you still have some room to go up, and the farther you go up, obviously, the lower your interest rate's going to get. Tracking. Now, now, as far as uh, buying, 
and when people should buy. I know somebody asked me the other day, hey, make sure you ask if now is a good time to buy. Okay. Um, it, I hear a lot of people ask that. Yes. When they ask that, I mean, because you can ask somebody with great credit and, and a lot of money, and it mm-hmm. doesn't matter when they buy no. to them. So well, what, do you, what does one mean when they're saying, or what do they think they mean when they say, is right now a good time to buy or sell, or is it a good time to buy at all? What Elaborate on that. A lot of things are going to depend on that person's situation. Mm-hmm. So right now, the situation for a lot of people is going to be houses are very, very expensive because I don't have one to sell. And that's going to stop a lot of people. So first time home buyers are thinking in that kind of light, I don't have a house to sell. I just have to go buy one right now. So if you're looking to just buy a house and not stay in it for a very long time, this may not be the absolute best time for you to buy a house right now. If you're looking to buy a house and stay in it for a consistent amount of time, like five, six years, maybe perfect time to buy. Interest rates are going to go back up houses are gonna should keep going up in value i can't promise that but history shown houses keep going up in value we're not in a 2008 type situation that was my next question (laughs) and you should be a-okay if you're just looking for something to buy a 2-1 and you're expecting a kid and not gonna have to move into a 3-2 very shortly that game plan might not be the best right now because there may be a little dip because more inventory is coming up. But yeah. if you're going to be in there for a good amount of time, I wouldn't see a problem buying right now. R- real quick, uh, before Farouk jumps in on the yeah. next. So as far as, I know you said right now is it, is it time to buy it if you plan on living there for a second. Yes. So as far as investment properties, That's uh, got elaborate on that if, if, if i'm if i'm saying hey mills i want to i want to go uh you want to get a rental house right okay so so if you want to go get a rental house one i'm going to tell you where where's this rental house going to be how do we plan on financing it so see what kind of interest rate we can get in and really what situation are you in if we're going to rent this house out for 20 30 years it's a good time we got very low interest rates right now rental demands going up because we're about to have an eviction moratorium and more people are going to be looking for rentals after that and with housing demand being this low and prices going up and interest rates going back up you're going to be scaring people to start renting again right um if you're trying to do a quick flip we got to do our research we got to be very diligent and make sure we can be in and out of there and we're not holding this for a super long amount of time okay so that makes sense um a lot of people always will come back and say um you know first of all we have two dichotic uh, ends of the spectrum, spectrum right? people yeah so some people say i'm so confident the market's gonna crash you know okay. i call them i label them the alarmist they're going around the like 2008 people yeah the 2008 people saying oh i'm a psychic you know yeah I believe the same blood as you, but I have superpowers. I can predict the future. Okay. So they're like, oh, market's going to crash. And then on one end, I call them the the jolly good fellows who think, you know, this is very optimistic. Yeah, they're just extremely optimistic and are thinking, you know, no, the market's going to be great. Nothing's going to happen. Home prices are going to keep on going up. Interest rates are going to stay down. 
what do you think, you know, and like, you know, you've already prefaced this and said you're not a psychic. This is not financial advice. This is just your opinion. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen from your observations as far as the next six months to a year? So six months to a year. So things we already do know, our interest rates are going to start going back up. We don't know the exact timeline. The Fed has said, hey, we're going to start creeping interest rates back up. So that's going to happen regardless. They were already super low. Our problem, air quote around that, becomes how much will prices drop because of the extra inventory coming onto the market versus how much interest rates are going to rise. And you don't want to fall into that bubble of where prices only drop $20,000 maybe, but that interest rate shot up 0.5%. Sure. And okay, that's cool that we saved $20,000 at the beginning on the purchase price, but we just paid all that money back into the interest rate. Absolutely. So what I think is going to happen is interest rates are going to go up. That's for sure. We're going to lose, I think we're going to lose single digit in home values, maybe five to eight because of more inventory coming onto the market sure because we still have so many millennials coming of age to buy homes right now Mm -hmm. that we're going to eat up into that number very quickly and the rentals that are coming on because of this eviction moratorium i don't think are that high at all to even get us back to the 2019 numbers tracking so even with all the crazy stuff coming up i don't think we're gonna have a drastic just crash of a 2008 person i think we're gonna have a nice steady slow come up to back to where we were at sure yeah you know jarvis and i were talking the other day um and we're debating because jarvis is uh more on you know he's like hey look at the look at the research i think the market will probably correct yeah and i said yeah you're probably right the market will correct but i'm a proponent i'm telling people Hey, yes, the market may correct, but interest rates are so low right now. I would probably yes. focus more and capitalize on the interest rate rather than focusing too much on the value or the price of the house. Because um, if you put it in an Excel sheet and you run the data and you run the variables over the course of that 15, 30 year loan, yeah. you will save more money because of your interest rate being low than you will be saving because you saved twenty thousand dollars off yes well investors need to think like that most definitely sure but your common single family person just living in their normal home the average one of those isn't going to stay in their house for that whole 15 years they're only going to be in there for five six seven So they do need to think about that, yes, but they, they need to think about what's best for them, what's best for them in that situation. So you don't want them to go buy that house right now because, oh, yeah, the interest rates are very low. That's a great idea. Can you stay in that house, though, for that whole time frame? Mm. If you have another kid, will that house still work or is this just a beautiful condo on the 39th floor of a studio? Gotcha. No, you need a good house that you can actually move into. Now, it's, now talk about that checklist uh, as far as buying a house. Uh, so once you meet with that real estate agent, they usually have a lender that they like to use. So if you can figure out the lender that they like to use and they'll tell them if you like that realtor, they'll set you up with that lender. They'll start getting you pre-approved with them. Once you're pre-approved and or not pre-approved, you can either move forward or figure out what you need to fix on your end with your credit score to be able to buy a house. 
So the big numbers that you're going to want to stay over is 580, 600, and 620 for your various different types of uh, loans for your FHA, conventional, USDA, and VA loans. Once you're over those, then they'll start asking for pay stubs, credit, tax returns, things of that nature to prove your income and to prove your debts. Okay. Now talk about those different loans. You, you mentioned three different loans, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah, so FHA, well, you almost got four or five. You got your FHA, conventional, VA, and USDA. Okay, and are they are there different credit scores that yep. qualify you for different ones? Yep, different lenders are going to have different things for uh, FHA, different ones for the VA, USDA, and such. Those those big numbers you're going to want to stay over those that 580 plus, 620 plus, and then 640 plus for the. Um, for FHA, conventional, and then USDA. Now, as far as getting the getting the inspection and the appraiser, uh, I, I I know of, of some people they they invest in their own inspectors instead of using the inspector from the agents yep. that they're going through. Yep, you uh, can choose any person you inspect want to inspect it. You can Baruch can be your inspector if you want him to be. Would I suggest it? I don't think he's going to get under a house. So no. <laughs> I don't think he's going to get under the house for you. So you can choose whoever you want to inspect the house. Most contracts, and the key word with most, because every contract is going to be written different. Most contracts have a 10 to about 15 day span of when you can do inspections and such. So anytime during that 10 or 15 days, if you find something, the roof's about to fall in, we can leave. Floors, there's a giant hole in the floor. If we're in that 10 or 15 days, we can cancel that contract through inspection okay. you know the appraisal comes back okay it's everything's at, going good yeah it's at or higher than what uh the value of the home is cool. um so what do you do what's next do you say we're signing this contract let's put pen and paper so we've already signed all of our contracts at that point mm -hmm. the appraisals in we're we're almost there sure. so what's next left? next you're going to get to your clear to close email that's saying that the lending has looked through every nook and cranny of your credit your debts, your incomes, they've given it the final approval, we're ready to close, they're ready to give you your money. So now we're gonna tell our closing company that we're working with, with the listing agent, hey, we're clear to close, and all this is coordinated with your real estate agent, and this is behind the scenes stuff. So am I, am, as I'm buying this house with you, like okay. my agent. Got Are you. you doing all this stuff for me? I'm doing all this stuff for you. Okay. You okay. can be there at the, uh, at the inspection, We'll sit there. We'll have, we'll have some coffee and watch that guy inspect the house. But so you don't have to be there. A lot of people show up just because they want to see the house. And stuff, you're handling all that. Yep, we're handling all that. You're, but I think this is why it's important to really have a good Oh, it's definitely important to have. Someone yes. you trust, too. Someone you trust, someone that's going to give you feedback, call you every day, say, hey. well, not every day. That might be a little much. <laughs> call you once a week, twice a week. Say, yeah, hey, here's what's, go <laughs> here's what's going on. Hey, here's what was wrong with the house. They had to replace this socket because blah. They gotcha. Did. So you go through all that. So we go through all that. We get the clear to close email. Good news. Great. Now we tell that lender to talk to this closing company because the lender still has the money. It's our money to spend now, but still their money. So they're going to send that money to that closing company. They'll now have the $280,000 we just spent to buy this house. They give it to the seller. All the paperwork is signed. Keys are passed over. We now own one, two, three Sunshine Drive. Nice. And you now also own that loan. 
in that debt. That yes. Company. Now you now you got a $280,000 loan and I don't know what type of loan you use, but it's going to be a while. Probably 30 years. And now, go ahead. A go lot ahead. of times, too, it's not only just $280,000. No. A lot of the time, it's, you probably owe two ninety five when it's all said and done. Oh, cause you have you're going to pay, gonna own a lot more than that yeah. after the whole span of the loan. Because you, you, you have, have to pay 30 closing costs. Closing costs. Real estate agent fees. Well, as a buyer, no. Well, seller, you will. The seller will. The uh, buyer, it is free to use the real estate sure. agent. So. But sometimes I know that the buyer is responsible for some of the closing costs. Um, so the seller won't pay yes. all that. Yes, the buyer is going to be responsible for their closing costs. Tracking. Some contracts, they it's been since it's been crazy. Buyers have been paying some sellers' closing costs. Sure. That's a new one that's been happening lately, but that's not normal. Mm-hmm. It can happen, but no, the buyer will just pay their closing costs, and a real estate agent is free to a buyer, even if you go through a Dr. Horton, the Lenar any of the new construction ones definitely still use a real estate agent there's incentives there's different design packages you can get offered there's it's just having someone that's working for you rather than working for dr horton or lennar representing your side of the deal because if a dr horton person working for dr horton selling a dr horton house to somebody that's not working for dr horton that's not really conflict of interest You, you can do that in florida but do they have to offer you everything? No, sometimes it might just be better to have a real estate agent that doesn't work for that community. Now, not to get into the weeds of the yeah. home buying process and all that stuff, uh, we want to keep it somewhat uh, baseline. Um, so somewhat go back up to the surface level. Got uh, for someone who's looking to buy a house in Jacksonville, what Got would be a good area of town to, to buy a house? Some people say north side, some people say south side. Um, the beaches, right? On a beater. Yeah. Um, my opinion all depends where you're gonna work. So everyone knows Jacksonville has a lot of bridges. Mm-hmm. Those are a pain in the ass with the cross. So I'm a big fan of knowing where you're gonna work and pick a neighborhood in that side of town you're gonna work and live in there. So if you're gonna be on the west side, I'm a fan of Avondale Riverside. Um over there on the south side, I still like Mandarin, the uh, little Bay Meadows subdivisions they got coming up now. I like those. North side has a lot of spec home communities getting built. Not really a fan of the north side. Gotcha. I'm a west side and true and true. That makes sense. Now, yep. for a lot of people, though, um, mm-hmm. you said you want to make sure that you buy a house where you work at. Yes. Some people might come back and argue, well, Dylan, that's kind of dumb. Um, because this house that's five minutes away from where I work is a hundred thousand to fifty thousand dollars more than this house that I could I could have gotten that's twenty minutes away. Yep. So I'm willing to take that extra twenty minutes commute. If you are down to take to that save commute, hundred thousand dollars, I I will not argue with you. Okay. If you like the commute, I'm all for it. Just a majority of people. Don't like commuting. Sure. It's getting a lot of people, especially younger people, and that's the majority of the people I work with. It's getting old for them, commuting, driving 30 minutes, especially when more and more people are getting a work-from-home type job or a like a hybrid-type work schedule. Kind of like myself, I, most of the days I work, I'm working from home. So mainly pick – you're going to pick where you like first if that's near work. Awesome, I would definitely say it's to work, but if you are A-OK commuting and 
want to live out in the sticks, mm-hmm. so be it. Let's go shopping out in the sticks. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, for, let's talk about as far as a, a first-time home buyer that's fresh out of. Uh, I won't say fresh out. They're tw- the early twenties, fresh out of college. But everybody's not. But everybody's not college. So that's, yeah, why, yeah. that's why I say okay. that. Um, so just early twenties, late twenties. Um, talk about like some of the tendencies people have that are usually uh, uh, a left. Like you don't really want to do that. You want to kind of stay away from those habits. Like some of the things that we really like. The so things not up. to do. Right. Okay. Things not to do. Don't go buy a brand new car and then right before you want to go buy a house. Okay. It's gonna why, ru- why it's gonna that? ruin your debt to income. Like so, if you're if you're bringing in two thousand dollars a paycheck, four thousand dollars a month, and you just smack on a five hundred dollar a month car payment, and now you got to pay full coverage for your insurance, they're probably win about a third of your your take home pay. Right. Bank's gonna notice that. That's gonna ruin how much money you get pre approved to buy a house. A lot of your big ticket purchases that are going to mess up your debt to income are going to be a big no-go. So if you know you're about to buy a house yep. about a, a six months to a year prior to, you want to kind of back down on those big big ticket expenses? Yeah, you want to start start backing down. If you already have the car purchased, obviously, you can't just back down off yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah. You're going to have to keep paying it down to get your debt to income higher so you can be a less on that house or a less on that car so you can get that house. Mm-hmm. Um, you're gonna want to lower those credit card payments because those are gonna take more and more of that uh, monthly income you have away with the credit card payments. So, now what if somebody says, you know what, I have the money to pay this debt down, okay. but I'm gonna wait until I right before I go get ready to buy this house. I'm gonna go pay all this debt down. Is that gonna affect it, or is the bank gonna take an yes. account? Well, you were this much in it debt can. up until this point. So if you have um, say we got a full car payment we do have enough money to pay all of it off right then that can affect our credit to where our credit score will drop because we don't have that loan on there anymore mm-hmm. so that is a good question when you get pre-approved your lender is going to talk to you about all that because they're going to see everything that pops up that you got a loan for they're going to say hey what about this uh 2018 uh, honda civic you got here and they're gonna they'll talk you through it so that's why it's great to be upfront and honest with that person that you're gonna be working with lending wise say hey i got this money x here this money y here we can pay this off if need be and they'll come up with a game plan with you to make sure that it gets paid off and paid off correctly and then our last question from the audience was uh what's one good book you recommend um that folks read just to get into the real estate game Ooh, just real estate don't have a crazy amount of just real estate. All right, what are some I books like, you recommend as a whole? As a real estate agent, the Rich Dad Poor Dad book was a good one just to talk about how to make money work. And he does go into a bit there where buying a house that you are living in is not necessarily an asset. Yes, you own it. Yes, it should go up in value, but will it always go up in value? No. It still degrades in value sometimes, mm-hmm. and it is not making you money all the time. Gotcha. You need to look at your primary residence as your primary residence and not as an investment. Your investment homes are actually investments. They so will make you money, 
and they should be treated in that way. So, so your primary residence, you should not be looking. I mean, you should in a sense, but the main purpose of that home is for you to that have is comfort a roof and live. That is a roof over your head. Right. And then the investment property is you should be really yes. worried about the profit. On that. Now, can your primary residence make you money and appreciate in value? Yeah, we all hope so. Yeah. But we shouldn't look forward to that money to supplement us. Right. Gotcha. Well, now, um, first of all, thank you for even coming on the show. Oh, anytime. Um, but before we even conclude this episode, there's one more last thing we want to do just to give the audience uh, a better understanding of where the market's going or what it's done in the past year since Corona happened. Yep. Um, so you have some information and some yes. data points with you right there that's going to show um, what sides of town and where in Florida has, has had the biggest appreciation gaps, right? Yes. Uh, so if you can just go and list up like the top five that has had that, that has had the best appreciation gap so far and then maybe the, the yep. not so greatest uh, least five that haven't done so well. So you're top this is as of 9 11 21 yeah well this is going to be july or so july. most of your real estate numbers come in the 25th of the following month sure they're lagging too much yeah they're gonna lag a lag little bit okay. so the 25th of september you're gonna get august so right. so on and so forth so the top five so right now number one is going to be going to be naples immokalee and marco island area that collier county area and year over year it went up 39.5 percent so that's showing your nicer vacation type luxury type stuff in florida okay is actually going up a decent amount and when you say year over year you mean it's gone up and it's appreciated 40 yep. percent yep yep you're having the uh median sales price was crazy 639450 this year 662500 tracking right. yep all right number 2 number 2 you're going to have right there afterwards at Homamosa Springs in Citrus County 219 to 24250 all right right there about 30% then number 3 what you do top 3 not top 5 we're gonna go to that Cape Coral Fort Myers area, the Lee County. Right there at twenty seven percent. What sorry? What what was it? We were starting right there at three thirty five and ended up at three sixty. Beautiful. And then what are the ones that are Then here know? in Jacksonville, Jacksonville had actually been lagging. Jacksonville and Jacksonville's a big one too, because Jacksonville includes Baker, Clay, Duval, Nassau, and St. John. So you sure. do have a lot of rural parts in there. It went up sixteen point nine, so three twelve five hundred to three thirty nine. That's still pretty good yeah, though. I, oh, that's still very that. good. Yeah. I will take that anyway. Yeah. Listen, the stock market <laughs> says eight to ten. I was about average, to say you're beating the I'll stock take market. 16 all yeah, day. that's great. I'll take sixteen all day. All right, so what are areas in Florida that are not doing so well? Just a quick top Areas three. that aren't doing, well, everything in real estate is doing decently well. What's not doing great is the Okaloosa, Walton area mm -hmm. counties. That was that got hit by a lot of storms out there in the panhandle. Sure. They're only up 4%. Oh. Now, years down the road, though, could you catch them on, on a sleeper like it? Once they start back developing. Well, one of Darius, you actually know, he's yeah. out there and he has their rental markets crazy right now. So he's doing that. Mm -hmm. He bought a home pre-pandemic in November. So pandemic wasn't even being, being thought of yet. Got the house, lived in it for a year. 
and is now renting a house with a 12 let's say 1300 a $1300 mortgage is being rented out now for 2350 so he makes $1050 a month we bump his insurance up a little we bump his insurance up on the home a little bit just to like someone slips and falls and says oh no i broke my neck we we want to be covered bump up your insurance pays a little bit more and makes nine hundred dollars a month that's awesome yeah i think there's there's one way for a military person to get started in the another person out there and like that number's crazy low like it's like how but there's so many super small little single wives little just 50 acres out there that's not even gonna sell for that much because land's not even worth a lot out there. Yeah. But yeah, another military guy that's selling his home right now bought a brand new construction for two forty nine. Is now selling it for three three oh six. In one, he can that was in a year. That's in not, eight how, months. Yeah, that's insane. But in that's eight crazy. months just because the community uh, finished phase one. Yeah, but that's finished crazy. phase one, and now there's no more buildings in there until they start phase two. That's crazy. That's insane. Yep. Hey man, that's awesome, man. But Dylan, uh, on the Yarp, on behalf of the podcast and Jarps and I, just thank you for even coming. Oh, thank and you for having to me. The public, yeah, and I think this is relevant information people want to know, definitely, people need definitely. to know, and uh, just to have a projection of what the real estate market is going to do in the next six months to a year, and really, you know, at the next time an opportunity like this comes up, we want to be ready to capitalize on it, right? Yes. Uh, so I know a lot of people were on the sidelines this this last go around because a lot of people did not know what was going on. Um, nope that uh that january january february march sure. when it first started yeah people did not know what's yeah. going on very crazy even even the builders were doing crazy stuff and yeah. offering like ten thousand dollars in closing yeah. free appliances blinds all types of just nonsense deals where it's like yeah that's great but this isn't gonna last forever type sure. stuff so sure. but it's good now people know this information now people yes. know this knowledge so the next time it comes around uh they can be diligent and uh, informed of what's going on. So exactly, uh, yep. before we wrap up, though, go ahead and uh, give yourself a plug. Where can the public find you as far as your Instagram, your Facebook? Instagram, y'all can find me. It's at Dealing with Dylan. There's an underscore in between each word. Dylan, as in dealing. Like deal? Yep, there's a deal in there. Okay, so <laughs> Dylan. Yep, it's all funny real estate stuff. If you want serious real estate stuff, gonna have to be elsewhere i don't really do that much serious stuff you can get all your facts there and my stuff but there's probably gonna be a meme or a joke behind it sorry not sorry um my facebook's a little bit more serious if the instagram's too much just look up dylan mills north florida realtor you'll see me there in a blue suit um if you need to come see me in person go to the avondale ortega watson realty branch it's watson realty office number 13 uh, Lori Reynolds is the broker. If I'm not there, she'll be there. Awesome. Yep. That's awesome. Well, folks, you know where to find them. Uh, Jarvis, I think this has been a great episode. Yeah, it was uh, very, very informal, fun. I, I enjoyed it. I, I think enjoyed it. Some good, uh, good information. Absolutely. Yep. And if anything, if you've taken anything from this interview, you know, don't go doing what other people have done, right? Like Dylan no. preached this entire episode. See and analyze what's best for you, what's best for your current situation, um, and what makes sense for you. Like we always like to emphasize and say, always remember, stay in your lane. lane. That's it.